How on earth could anybody hit a target they could not even see? And I'll agree that is an excellent question, but here's an even better one. How can you hit a target you don't even have? Where are your goals in life? Welcome to The Ziggler Show, where we inspire your true performance. I'm your host, Kevin Miller. In this show, we're talking about how to hit targets that you can't see. And the answer, of course, is you can't. Uh, Zig gives a short story about how he can teach you to be the top archer in the world. And, of course, from that, he makes a poignant point. I'll let you listen in to get the gist of it. It's a two-minute message from him that we start off with. But from the message, I asked this question on Facebook. Will you name a goal for yourself that you have in some of these areas or all of these areas below and name the why behind it? And I listed the seven spokes in the Ziggler Wheel of Life that we go through every week with each of our guests in the Habits Show. So uh, one, physical, family, mental, financial, spiritual, career, and personal. And I actually went first on Facebook just to kind of set up what I was looking for, stating the goal of what I wanted to do, and then said, so that I would achieve, you know, what, what the end was. Had a lot of really in-depth comments that Tom and I talked through, talked through, got through a a bunch of them, Uh, but really interesting as we unpacked some of those You'll get a lot out of listening, and I think you'll get a lot of tangible ideas that might help you in setting some of your goals or your destinations, as we talk about, if you haven't done so already. And of course, we're really striving to get everybody to do this exercise because it is so powerful to name a destination. On the aspect of goal setting, I asked Tom on a scale from 1 to 10, how much value is there in just setting the destination? And he said, it's an 11. It's really everything. Um, just to state that aspect of where you want to go is so powerful. And we talk about why. Um, so we'll start off with Zig's message right after I share some great resources. Okay, folks, here then is a two minute message from Zig. I'm going to make a preposterous statement. If your eyesight is good and your health is normal, I could spend 20 minutes with you, and at the end of that 20 minutes, I would have you hitting a bullseye better than Howard Hill, the greatest archer of all time, had on the best day of his life. Now, understand he entered 287 tournaments and won 287 of them. He killed a Cape buffalo, a Bengal tiger, a bull elephant. He killed an 18-foot shark under 15 feet of water with bow and arrow. Or maybe it was a 15-foot shark under 18 feet of water. It was a great big one, and he was way down there. Now, let me say it again. I could have you hitting the bullseye more consistently than Howard Hill could have. And you might say, well, I've never shot the bow and arrow. Well, there is one little caveat that we got to add to this. I could have you doing that, though I have never instructed anybody on how to shoot the bow and arrow, provided we had first blindfolded Howard Hill. And you might kind of grin and say, now, come on, Ziegler, that's ridiculous. Of course. How on earth could anybody hit a target they could not even see? And I'll agree that is an excellent question, but here's an even better one. How can you hit a target you don't even have? Where are your goals in life? Have you written them down? 
Have you identified the benefits you would receive from reaching those goals? Have you identified the obstacles, the difficulties you'll have to overcome in order to get there? Have you identified the people, the groups, and the organizations you need to work with to get there? Uh, Have you discovered or explored what you need to know in order to get there? And finally, have you put the date on it? You, You see, until you do that, you're just a wandering generality. You now have it become a meaningful, specific. That's what you need to do in order to accomplish the most in life. You've got to have a goals program. Now, everybody's got goals. You know, alcoholics have goals. Bank robbers have goals. But an organized goals program will work wonders in your life. Put one together. You'll be glad that you did. Well, there you go, folks. Again, from this message from Zig, I asked this question on Facebook. Will you name a goal you have for yourself and some or all the areas below and name the why behind it? And we asked folks to fill out the seven spokes in the Ziegler Wheel of Life, physical, family, mental, financial, spiritual, career, and personal. Uh, If you want to join these weekly conversations, just find me on Facebook at Agent K. Miller. I'd be honored to connect with you there. Well, here then, Tom Ziegler and I talk through a bunch of these amazing comments from people who did this exercise. Okay, Tom. Well, so asking this question, we got just what I was looking for. And it was just, I mean, I know, you know, goals, man, we can get in depth and making them, you know, how do we walk them out and the steps and all the things that Ziegler teaches. But on this one, I, I thought let's stay simplistic and at least just state a destination. Well, and I'll, I'll ask you to comment on that, that, I mean, first off, I mean, you know, of course we can take somebody from no goals over here to the full suite of, of Ziegler goals of stating them, planning them out and whatever, but just the aspect of just merely giving a destination for an area, where would you put that on a scale of one to 10 from one, you know, from zero to 10, um, that just stating the destination, I mean, is that half of it? It's probably an 11. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's better <laughs> so, than I hoped for. All right. Yeah, man. Yeah, I, I quote this study a lot. Um, Stephen Fry in his book, True Freedom, they have this example where they take these kids in an elementary school. The school's brand new. They go out to the playground and they watch them play. These behavioral psychologists watch them play. But there's no fence around the playground. And so the kids go outside and they just get stuck right next to the playground equipment and the teacher, which is right next to the building. So they got all this space to play tag and football and, but they only use 10% of it. Then they put a fence around it and they immediately take over the whole space, right? There's, there's freedom, there's security because there's a fence around it. And I have the nerd quote, uh, edges of the, are the puzzles or I'm sorry, Uh, Your dreams are the edges of the puzzle of your life. Mm. And so when we take a dream or a goal and we put a stake in the ground and we ride it out, it's like we create a fence around our life that expands our territory and it allows us to grow and and go out there and get it. And Mm. our brain is really interesting. You know, it has a hard time at the, at the base level, knowing positive or negative, it just follows instructions. And so if you tell yourself a simple thing, like I'm getting fitter and fitter every day in every way, your brain subconsciously just follows those instructions. Hmm. And so you start making decisions where you have a little bit better choice of food. You park a little bit further away from the building. So you have a longer walk. 
all those things start happening. And so any goal, any aspect that we have, as soon as we name it, our brain seems to go to work to get us there. And so that's why I put it as 11. Uh, you know, dad was famous for the quote, if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so just by the fact that we've put something down that we've identified as our target, uh, that gives us direction. It gives our brain something to work on in our subconscious, which I love. Gosh, no, it's really curious. I've actually heard that study before, but as you talk about it now, I mean, I'm a guy who does not like fences. I don't want any constraints. I don't want any boundaries, uh, whatnot. But if we take the, 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 you know, look at the mind and yeah, put us in that place where there are no boundaries and it's limitless. It's almost too much. And so if we put a fence around in the analogy you gave, it wasn't a boundary so much as it was giving us permission to go that far. And so my thought is if we go that far and get a comfort level there, we can expand the fence, give ourselves permission to the next spot. So one of dad's saying was you take the train off the tracks and it's free, but it can't go anywhere. Hmm. You know, that's the challenge as we think of a goal is it creates limitations. We have to follow through. We're held accountable, Uh, but Hmm. it gives us traction. It gives us a plan. And the other goal reaching quote that I love is, is when you set a goal, you go as far as you can see. And then when you get there, you'll be able to see even further. Yeah. And that's what this is. It's putting these markers out. It's expanding our territory and our brain goes out to it. I'm sure that uh, Bill Gates and Steve Jobs and all these different people, they didn't set out to say, you know what, I'm going to have a thousand Apple stores or 10,000 Starbucks locations. I think they thought, you know what, we're going to have one and then we're going to have 10 and then we're going to, you know what I mean? And it's it's the same idea. Oh, I, I, I just like the concept of giving permission. So there you go, folks there. I might change the title of the show here, there here. Now that we're giving ourselves permission by stating a, well, and again, I'm holding this up to do an extra, do the exercise, take the seven spokes in the Ziegler wheel of life. The ones we talk about every single week in our habit show with every guest, uh, take those and just give yourself a destination. Okay. Well, Hey, I'm going to read through these and uh, see what you think, Tom. Here we go. This is Ed Draves. He says on the physical spoke, his goal uh, is the weight of 245 pounds. He was 297. Uh, and so he's trying to get healthy family wise. He says he wants kids who marry kind people and who raise kind children. I, he says, I hold more importance on kindness than wealth or prestige mentally says he's trying to dispel negative self-talk. He says it used to be a big issue. Um, now it's not as big, but it's more than, than would be healthy that what he deems is healthy. So dispel negative self-talk financially. He says, I pay my mortgage and we all eat. So I'm happy. So he's good with that one. Spiritually says spend more time in prayer and with more time with people in his inner circle uh, in prayer. Career-wise, he wants to bring a positive attitude with him to work every day. He says, I can be negative when I disagree with my boss. And the last, personal, he says, spend more time with my kids. Good on you for setting some uh, destinations there, Ed. What are your thoughts, Tom? Let me see. On the mental, dispel negative self-talk, something that just caught my eye last week in my morning quiet time. I think it's a 
maybe you've seen it. It's a phylactery. It's in Jewish Jewish tradition. They'll take a uh, a box and they'll put scriptures in it and then they'll bind it to their forehead. I think that may be Orthodox or it may be just Jewish tradition. And so I was looking at the root word and the word is bind and that's the way it gets translated into English. But a better Hebrew translation is knit. So it's this whole concept of knitting God's word into our mind. And the purpose was to have the mind of God, right? To have the mind of Christ. And so when I think of dispelled negative self-talk, uh, the, the, it's, it's hard to, to just stop doing something unless you replace it with something. Hmm. And so dispelling negative talk, self-talk would be like replacing it with positive self-talk. And I can't think of anything more positive than knitting into your mind, God's truth. And then that's going to, that's going to be like this trampoline effect on everything else you're trying to do. I think Andy Andrews said, you know, we don't raise, our goal isn't to raise good kids. Our goal is to raise good adults. Yeah. <laughs> yes. so, I love that one. Yes. So we're, what we're really trying to do is we're trying to transfer or give knowledge, wisdom, and truth into these, into our kids so that yeah. they can make good decisions. And that's, they're going to imitate us, right? The influence and in the example that we said is going to be, their first order of business. Now it doesn't mean the kids aren't going to be who they are because that's, we are all, we're all that way. But one of the things that's also hit me is that we need, we need to become the person that the fruit of what we want to have is automatic. And so I love the starting with, with the mental aspect of it. Uh, you and I, we talked a little about the personal, mm -hmm. uh, that's probably the biggest question that we get on the Ziegler wheel of life is what is the personal? Mm -hmm. Is it a personal goal? Is it something that gives me personal energy? Is it uh, the, the word du jour is self-care, you know, taking care of me so, so I'm healthy so I can take care of others? Mm -hmm. um, and I think it could be a little bit of all those, but for me, it's what is it that, that fuels me so that I have excess to give to others, right? What, what's the creative juice that I need so that I have excess for others? Yeah. That, and that's the one that it's interesting that even with our guests, people who have achieved so much, sometimes that's an interesting place. A lot of times the answers that come for personal are things that you could fit in the other six spokes above, like in this sense, and I'm not picking on you, Ed, but I'll pull it out. But Ed, where you talk about, you know, spending more time with my kids. I mean, that could very well be in number two. That's the family spoke. Is that really the personal one? And I usually try to pull out, this is fun. This is play. This is adventure. This is, this is joy. The things you do just for you. And Tommy, you and I were talking beforehand. I just spent a weekend I went to a mountain bike race. I went to a running race and I did visit uh, one, of, one of my daughters uh, and we spent, uh, spent some good time together, but the rest of the time I was by myself. I got good food. I got good coffee. 
Um, I, I uh, slept in some, I did these adventures. I, I, uh, sat in a parking lot up at 10,000 feet on a mountain pass and wrote some creative stuff that I wanted to, and it was stuff just to fill me. It was for me and me alone. And it helped fill me, as you said, so I can come back and pour into people. So, uh, it'll be interesting. We'll read some more here and, and see what threads we come up with on that one. Alexandra Neal, she says, physically, she wants to implement a workout routine that she can stick to four to five times a week, which includes a mental benefit along with the physical. So something like yoga or walks in the park and she's cause she's tired of being tired all the time. I think you just spoke for a lot of people these days, Alexandra, uh, family. She wants to be present for her boyfriend's children. So there's stability and consistency in their lives. Cause they have had, uh, they've experienced too much instability from their current female role models. She has in quotes mentally, uh, she catch, she said, I catch myself when thinking negative thoughts and try to turn them into positive to quiet my overactive mind. That speaks to what you talked about there, Tom, replacing those, uh, for financial limit. I like this. This is a specific limit dinners out to twice a week because it's not good for my wallet or my waistline. Number five, spiritual spend 15 minutes meditating and learning to listen to myself career find one time a day to dedicate to my coaching business, which I'm building while working full time so I can transition by my deadline. Great. So she set a deadline for that. And personally, she said, spend some quality time with my boyfriend away from devices and work. So we keep our relationship alive and healthy. And I will just pick on that again as to what we said that, that, that I would tend to put that in the family and the relationships. I don't know if that's still what we're looking for with personal. What do you do just for you to fill you so you can pour out, but what are your thoughts on some of those, uh, Tom? You know, in the career aspect, I think that one of the most underutilized and undervalued things in our career is the concept of time blocking. It's just being very focused and pointed about how we're going to use a block of time. And so, you know, I'm giving a high five right now, Kevin, you can see it because mm-hmm. we're recording this with video as well, but that is it. Uh, when you have an appointment with yourself and you make the commitment to keeping it, that's where it all begins. Uh, and I've noticed that people who do this, they usually beat their deadlines. It's, it's really weird when you, when you say, okay, on Tuesday, I'm going to work on goals uh, because that's good, but it's not near as powerful that says, Hey, from Tuesday on my lunch from 11 to 1230, I'm going to get these three things done on my coaching things that I want to, you know, I'm going to create a marketing plan. I'm going to launch a website. I'm going to do whatever. When you get really hyper specific about the time block, that's when things get really, really uh, focused on. And what I would focus on also is, you know, so, or what's the why behind it? Why do you want your own coaching business? And I would, I would really encourage you uh, to look at it from two perspectives. I think there are lives depending on it. There's people out there right now who you're going to come in contact with. And if you have the solution for them, you could change the course of their life. And so it's urgent. I mean, this is an urgent, highly important, life-changing, difference-making thing that you have. And second, 
there is no greater joy in the world than helping someone else be, do, or have more than they thought possible. So don't just skip by that and say, hey, I'm going to time block to get my coaching thing launched. I want the why to make it so imperative that you can't miss the time block. There's lives at stake and your joy is going to go through the roof as you grow this. I mean, those are two compelling whys. Man, I really love how you stated all that. And, you know, on this aspect of dedicating time there, uh, we interviewed Kevin Cruz. You and I did, Tom. Well, it's been a while now. He wrote the book, 15 Secrets Successful People Know About Time Management. Lots of time management resources out there. His uh, was really significant. He really looked, he went to after some big name people and just got their input on what do they do for themselves. Really influenced me a lot, uh, even though it's admittedly an area I struggle with dramatically, uh, being structured with my time. It is a huge, huge challenge for me. So I respect it. I believe in it. And I'm also admitting that I struggle with it, but a great resource to address just what you talked about, Tom. Um, Heather England here, she says one physical, uh, she wants an under three hour finish time for a half marathon. Uh, the reason this has been a goal for a few years and she hasn't stuck it out. Uh, to family, a date night with my husband every other week. The reason is to strengthen our relationship since many of our personal goals no longer align. Interesting. Thanks for sharing that. Uh, three is mental. Meditate at least 10 times daily. The reason is focus, health, relieve anxiety, relieve insomnia. Okay. Uh, four, financial payoff student loan by September 30th of 2018. That's five days from now, if I'm reading that right. Okay, uh, that's, a, that's a good timeline. Reason, financial peace. Number five, spiritual. Visit church uh, or a, a curtain group. I don't even know what that is. Curtain group weekly. Um, the reason to become, to become spiritual. Okay. Six, career. Starting a new role on uh, October 15th. Meet with each active client and business within my first 90 days. Reason, start with a strong partnership. Seven, personal, read about Ayurvedic medicine. I know that term. I don't know how to pronounce it well. Uh, the reason to enjoy a rounded, healthy lifestyle. And uh, on a side note, I started using the Full Focus Planner by Michael Hyatt last year, which has helped me achieve my past goals in a timely manner. And I think our last interview with Michael uh, was focusing somewhat on that planner there. So I'm not sure what number that is, but you guys can scroll back and find that interview. Uh, thanks for sharing that, Heather. And I appreciate you giving that kind of that, so that uh, the reason for each one, Tom, your thoughts. Well, one thing I would say is the most powerful planner in the world is the one you use. <laughs> so, Beautiful. Yes. So get in it. Uh, there's nothing like a, a disciplinarian and whether it's that planner or a different one, uh, fill it up and get a new one, fill it up and get a new one, fill it up and get a new one. There is something amazing. I've had people come into the office here at Ziegler and they'll have five or 10 years worth of Ziegler planners. And I've actually had a lady come in and we took pictures of them. And in the back, she tracked all the goals uh, that she had achieved each year. And it was literally hundreds of goals from little goals to medium sized goals to big goals. Some that trans, you know, they got transferred over planner to planner to planner as the years went by. 
And one of the things that uh, I, I think is, is we tend to criticize ourselves and not give ourselves credit for when we do something. And that can be a huge energy sap. It can be a huge demotivator. And so that's why I love the idea of tracking the goals and, and keeping that because it's easy now if you've got planners, you can go back in and say, look, look, I did this, I did this, mm -hmm. I did this. And that will make the big goals that seem kind of far out of reach uh, realistic. So I love that. Uh, you know, we have to we have to make time for our spouse. Uh, God created us different. Some, some relationships, it's like every interest is the same. Uh, pretty much my wife and I, we're exact opposites on everything. I mean, it doesn't matter what it is. And so we have to work a little harder to find that uh, common ground. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously our daughter is, you know, the biggest common interest. Our faith is our biggest common interest, but just the way we're wired, we're different. And so I love the fact that there's recognition and striving uh, because you can gain insight and energy from the difference there as long as the big goals that you have, the ones that matter, the eternal goals are the same. And thanks to these sponsors for bringing us today's show. All right. Hey, here's the next one. Tony Chung physical reduce my body weight <clears throat> to below 180 pounds by Christmas so that I can afford to eat more at Christmas. <laughs> I'm with you. Tony. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, said, also, I hope in doing so I can work off, uh, off of high blood pressure and cholesterol medications. Okay. That's, that's a significant one. Family encourage my sons to be more responsible members of society than I ever was so that they make their own mistakes and don't repeat mine. Mental control, bitterness, resentment, and pain that keeps me from getting up in the morning because my family needs me to be around for a long time. Absolutely. Financial generate recurring cash flow that enables me to live my dreams, provide for my family, give my sons the post-education to give them a head start. Spiritual, stay close to Jesus and become like him, but not the human expression we hear about, uh, about him from the pulpit because too many people are hurt by one man's interpretation of the Lord God and creator of the universe. We need to see more of the Lord God who became a man to walk among us. Career, expand self-employment into a viable career because I want to feel good about what I do. And on seven personal, he says, I need a new hobby that I have no inclination to institutionalize. I'm just not having enough fun in my life that doesn't involve work. Tom thoughts. Okay. On the career, expand self-employment into a viable career because I want to feel good about what I do. Boy, Kevin, this really speaks to the why. Um, mm. This is what I've discovered we can we can create value and purpose almost out of any career because it's the vehicle to help you achieve your why. Mm. And so what is what's the why? Uh, there may be things you enjoy more or the things you've always dreamed to do to do, and I'm not suggesting you don't go for that. Uh, and being self-employed, I'm kind of self-employed. You know, we've got a family business and and we either make it rain or it doesn't rain. So you know, I understand the freedom and the responsibility that goes with that. 
but really it's the why uh, that gets me excited. It's what gets me up early in the morning. One of the things that I'll say often is that what you do is important, but it's not near as important as your why. And when you're clear on your why, it changes your how. And your how opens all kinds of doors. So whatever your job is, if it's for a higher purpose, and the better you do at your job, the quicker that purpose, that why comes into uh, reality, then it changes how you work. I mean, it puts a pep in your step, changes your attitude. It, it helps you go the extra mile, uh, becomes natural, and that opens up more doors. When you look at the top performers in almost any field in the world, a lot of them started completely different places, and they were given the opportunity because of how they were doing what they were doing. Mm. They weren't just going through the motion or biding time until the real opportunity came. No, they were gung-ho about that opportunity, trying to just maximize it to the hilt. And then that's what encouraged somebody else to say, hey, why don't you come try this? So, but it doesn't happen unless you got that why. And some, and it just takes some time to, to really dig into that. Um, I need a new hobby that I have no inclination to institutionalize. I'm just not having enough fun in my life that doesn't involve work. Does that mean your work is a lot of fun? I, I'm, yeah. yeah, I'm guessing not. Yeah, I'm guessing not. Yeah. You know what? I've gone, I don't know about you, Kevin, but I've gone through patches of time where I, I can say that I didn't really have any hobbies and I didn't miss them either. Have you ever had patches of time where you just kind of go through a season where the family, the work and, you know, just life going on was, was, was fulfilling enough? Uh, yes. I mean, you know, I, I've talked about this one a handful of times in this show already, and I, it's, it's because I have some baggage here and it is, it was downplaying that spoke, um, too much and not elevating it enough. Uh, you know, it felt like pouring out and yeah, I do. Maybe I did. I, I enjoy my work. I enjoy my family and, uh, you know, so no big deficits there, but I wasn't giving that you know, a lot of attention and I've just found myself wanting to elevate it. And some of it, Tom has been testimony of people that I have seen who I respect a lot. Uh, and, and, and especially guys, that's who I hang around with more and seeing these guys that I really revered who elevated their play so high, they made big focal points out of it. And it just got me to looking at that and realizing that I don't do that. I put it down. I, I, I was minimizing it because I was out here, you know, do producing, let me say that producing, I was producing something. And what I realized is, man, I spend very little time though, doing something that doesn't involve, and I appreciate, uh, what Tony said here, does not involve work to some degree. So I've gotten to the point now of looking at that spoke and trying to make sure it doesn't feel like work, even, you know, even, great things, you know, involve some challenge and some work, but gosh, um, you know, for me, I wanted it to be play. So Okay. I did a mountain bike race and a running race for a lot of people. That sounds like a lot of, a lot of work, but that's been my lifetime. I mean, doing a mountain bike ride is just fun. And even though I'm anaerobic and, you know, kicking my own butt, it's just fun. It's just, it's just fun. And it, and it is not, you know, it is not work. Um, 
And so, you know, taking that thing and elevating that, I gave myself a whole weekend to myself to do that. It was not work. It was just fun. One thing I will pull out though, too, though, that I think sometimes we can get in there and it dilutes it a little bit is entertainment. Now I like entertainment as much as anybody else, but that's usually not filling yourself. It may be a reprieve. It may be relief, but it's usually not the same as something that really fills. When I hear somebody who talks about, ah, I was really filled. It is somebody who, you know, who loves to fish and they went and spent an afternoon fish or Tom for you, you know, I went out and golfed and I golfed with a good friend and we just had fun. That was it. We were there to have fun, to go out and have dinner afterwards. It was just fun or or, uh, uh, you know, entertainment, I mean, a movie is there, but for some people going to the theater and having that experience is something, you know, especially if it's a good uplifting movie or redemptive movie can even fit in there some, but, uh, you know, really again, elevating that, what do I do that's for me and not looking at it. I think sometimes we have people who are altruistically focused, who look at that as being self-serving and don't elevate it. But back to what you said, Tom, and if we are not filling ourselves um, we don't have as much to pour out. And I think we look at all these spokes as, you know, filling myself spiritually and in my career and in my relationships, but there's still a place to play. I, I wonder about Jesus, you know, did he, we, we tend to get this perspective that sometimes we'd find him at a party and think, really, you're out to save the world. I, this would have been my perspective. You're out to save the world. I mean, people are, this is salvation here. You don't have time to go play and carouse at a party. And yet he did. He was called a, a wine bearer and, and, but I, I, I see him laughing. I see him laughing. I see him playing. I see him doing some of those things. Uh, it seems like we find him telling the disciples every once in a while, man, take a break. You know, uh, it's, 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 it's been something that's been on my mind a lot, as you can tell. All right. Here's a, here's another one. Matt, he says, physical, reduce weight, five pounds to 175 and add muscle mass to improve my health, look and self-esteem. Looking good and feeling good daily. Two, family. Communicate daily via face-to-face, phone, or text to my mom, my wife, and my children, letting them know that they are loved and appreciated, uh, and increase my circle of friends and extended family. Mental. Read a book every two weeks for learning and well-being to stay sharp after the age of 51. After 10 books are read, start reading a book a week. Avoid time wasters like social media and sport websites, uh, excluding Kevin's Facebook post. (laughs) (laughs) I hadn't read that. Thank you, Matt. I appreciate that. Uh, Financial, sell sell his home, make a profit, buy a home, invest that profit, and get Caton, that must be a kid, to college in 2019. Also, quit buying tech stuff I don't need. Spiritual, find my faith and spiritual direction because I am lost and need life balance. A daily goal is I need healthy spirit and purpose for all other goals. Career, do not become complacent with recent success. Use it as fuel to deliver better results and achieve more in 2019, which will result in a salary increase by July of 2019, which he needs for two kids in college. And personal, he wants to... uh, Break, actually, I'm not sure. Break 90 by, he gives a certain date in 86. What is that a golf score or something? Oh yeah. That's a golf score. Okay. <laughs> Glad you, I've got you on here to interpret. He says, I, I've invested time and money in my game. Now it's time to reap the rewards, please. So, okay. So he says break 90 by, what is that? All right, I don't know, May of 2019 and 86 by September. Okay. That, that's for you, Tom. Yeah. That's awesome. I like it. Okay. Okay, so this is how you, here you go, Matt. Here's the shortcut. 
Uh, the next time you play golf, I want whatever approach shot you hit, I want you to take one extra club. So if it's if if you would normally hit a seven iron, hit a six iron into that hole. Just do that. You'll break you'll break ninety. Now you'll break it next time you play. It's it's awesome. I don't know why it works, but it does. Actually, I do know why it works. But uh, we always uh, uh, the the misses that we want to have are better if they're a little long. We don't hit it perfect every time. So just try that. All right. So that's the that's the quick fix. Gosh, you know, the the one that I was thinking about is reading a book every two weeks. Um, I talk to a lot of people who read voraciously. And one of the things I learned is they will start a book, uh, scan it, and they may not finish it. Other people, they feel like this moral obligation, hey, I paid good money for this book or a friend gave me this book. I got to read the whole thing. Don't feel obligated to read the whole thing. Stick to the books that are, are really feeding you and nourishing you. The better the book is, usually the slower I'll read it. It's like I digest it. I think about it. You know, I let it kind of just soak in there. Uh, so I think there's a great advantage to, you know, reading a number of books and getting a balance, but also to dig it into a book and showing that. Uh, and then there was this question of, uh, uh, you know, find my faith and spiritual direction because I'm lost and need life balance. Boy, you figure that one out and that's going to take you where you want to go. Mm. I mean, that's what the whole Ziegler uh, world is about is, you know, Kevin, I've been thinking about it. Eternity is a long time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know about you. Seems you like forever, the- you know? I know. Do you ever sit out under the stars or at the beach or looking out over a canyon and just, you know, you just reflect on how long eternity is, how long eternity is and how small everything really is. I know. And when you think about, uh, we get so caught up in the urgency of the moment and the reality is, is does what we do now, does it ripple through eternity? I believe it does. Mm Mm-hmm. And so when you make that connection between what I do today matters in eternity, then does it really ma- does it really make sense to focus on things that don't matter in eternity? Yeah. And, and so that spiritual uh, decision that, you, you know, that direction that you're looking for is going to bring power to the present. Yeah. And so as, you know, from our perspective as a, as a believer, when I have hope in the future, I've got power in the present. That is a good message. Hey, I appreciate what you said on the books too. I, I like that giving people permission to, uh, there's a, there's a lot of times when first few chapters of a book, I get inspired and I got the point. I got it. I got it. Now, you know, there may be more details that would help me even more, but if I feel like I've got it and I can go take action on something, uh, I have a lot of unread books or some that I, yeah, I, I skim over and give myself permission. So I appreciate you giving people permission to not have to slog through every Every word, or if you get a book, man, once in a while, I'll get one and just get into it and realize, man, this is not resonating. There's, there's a lot of books out there. Uh, go to the next one. Well, Hey, I'm going to read another one here. And then, uh, I wish we could go through them all. It would take a while. I am so grateful for everybody who shared here. And if you want to read some of the ones we didn't get to, uh, you can find me on Facebook, agent K Miller. And this is the September 23rd, 2019 is when I posted that. So you can read some more of the others and you're welcome to 
take the accountability of that and post yours there. If you want to complete this exercise, well, Julianne black here, she says, physically, I'd like to reach my goal weight to feel more comfortable in my own skin, but really I know I should be happy and confident no matter the scale. So I hope my goal becomes more of a habit of healthy living to family, to move closer to family, to spend more time with them and be available to help out more because 11 hours away is just too much for me. Mental. My goal is to find practices that help me to conduct myself in a more Christ-like manner. Letting stress and annoyances get to me is not glorifying to God, nor does it help me relationally or professionally. Four, finance. To get back to budgeting into three months of rainy day funds so I am in control of my finances and they aren't in control of me. Spiritual. To be more involved in fellowship and discipleship because we weren't meant to go it alone. Six, career, to find what I am passionate about and actively pursue it, to be more intentional and assertive and not just hope things will work out uh, uh, as I would like them to. No one else is going to do it for me. If I want to be happy with how I spend 40 plus hours a week, I have to make it happen. And seven, personal, to travel more. I haven't been able to travel much with spending all my time off uh, to travel to see my family. So traveling to new places energizes my creative juices. All right. That one wins for the personal, uh, submission that we've read so far that that is for her to energize my creative juices. Love that Tom. Yeah, there's a quote. Uh, I'm quoting David, Wright. I actually think David, he's a, one of our coaches. I think he got it from Mark Batterson and it said something like change of pace, change of place equals a change of perspective. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I love that. Uh, you know what I would do, Julianne, is I would set a goal and your reward is a trip somewhere. <laughs> set a stretch goal, something you really want to go after that's going to give you uh, one of the things you desire. And the reward for that is a trip. That way you can knock off mm-hmm. two of these at the same time and travel guilt free. Uh, and so, but make it, make, make that happen. I I love everything that you've said here. You said mental. My goal is to find practices. Uh, I'll I'll just translate. I read that as habits. Hmm. To find habits that help me to conduct myself in a more Christ-like manner. Yeah. I have this nerdy quote, Kevin, and the quote is: "Attitude is a reflection of character." And Character is a reflection of habit. Huh. That's wonderful. Okay. So what does that really mean? It, it means that our attitude is our outward display of our inward character qualities. I mean, you can see people who just radiate joy and peace yeah. and kindness and love, you know, because it's in their attitude. And, you know, some people who are, you know, just typically – kind of grumpy or sour or entitled or whatever it is, you can see it in their countenance. I mean, you can just feel it. You know, there's always that nerve that, oh, no, we're going to step on that nerve. And so so those are character things. Well, how did that character get there? It's a, it's a reflection of habits that people have built. You know, if you want to have the right kind of attitude, you've got to have the right kind of habits. And so, you know, that whole mental thing conduct myself in a more christ-like manner wow what are the what are the habits that would automatically bear that fruit that you could do i think that's deep 
I mean, that is, that I just, is, I'm sitting here writing it and, and writing notes about it already. Attitude. Let me see if I got it right. Attitude reflects character and character reflects habits. Right. Very simple. But to think about that, my attitude, the attitude that I am showcasing to my spouse, to my kids, to my employees, to my business partner, that reflects my character. It's a little bit of a, of a, of an ouch. Uh, you know, it could be, um, that's significant, but then my character reflects my habits. I think that's the beauty that I love about this focus of habits. You know, uh, I know this really brilliant guy who said the uh, quickest way to success is to replace a bad habit with a good habit. His name's Tom Ziegler. Love that quote. Um, it's genius. It's genius. genius. It is, but it, but it is, it's, I get to wake up every day and I can take action on that. It's not that big of a deal to wake up a little bit earlier or to not turn the TV on or whatever, and to journal for 15 minutes or get in my Bible or whatever it is that does it for you and just change that habit and know that habit will make a, a, that little incremental change in my character, that little incremental change will make that, uh, change in my attitude. And that's who I be to everybody around me. Uh, I think it's, it's so simplistic. Uh, of course it's not hard, which most simple truths are, are, I mean, it's not easy. I'm sorry. Most simple truths are not easy, but man, they're simple and, uh, we can take those little steps. Thank you for that. That's, that was my highlight of the show right there. Thanks for, uh, anchoring us off on that, Tom. And man, thank you everybody for posting these. If you're listening and you haven't done it, that is my charge to you. I don't know if you want to add anything to that, Tom, but it's just, as you said, we started that off. Where's on a scale from one to 10. You said just stating that destination is an 11. So think about where that puts you compared to where you are now compared to everybody else on planet earth. If you go through the Ziegler wheel of life for these seven spokes and just state a destination, you would like to be at, you have just, oh, I'm going to go to you, Tom. You have just given yourself a fence that gives you permission to go out to that and to, uh, take that steps and increase. Well, how about this? Inspire your true performance, right? I love it. Yeah. I believe that God's given us each territory to go and claim. And when we write it down in detail and put that stake in the ground, uh, that gives us permission to walk out and claim that territory. So there we go. So let's go claim our territory. You ready, Tom? I'm ready. All right, let's go. Okay, friends, again, we have a goal for this show, and it's that you would take 10, 15 minutes and write a destination out for each of the seven spokes in the Ziegler Wheel of Life. Uh, just that little bit of awareness will make such a difference in all you do going forward, every aspect of your day, your week, your month. And that's not just a motivational speech. That is science. It's behavioral psychology 101. Hey, if you got value from the show, please let us know. Leave a review in iTunes. And if you would mention this show, this topic, and this exercise, it really helps people understand what's happening here and what they can get from the show. Thank you so much for doing so. I've got a great show coming up next, and I'll tell you about it after I share some great resources. Okay, coming up next, we're going to tackle the idea of going scared. If you're waiting to not be scared, to not have fear before proceeding in any direction towards anything you want, we have a gift for you. Go anyways. Here's your permission because the no fear concept is just a myth. Uh, the spoils go to those who have fear and just go forward anyway, which brings us to our guest, Jessica Honiger, who recently launched a book titled Imperfect Courage, 
live a life of purpose by leaving comfort and going scared. And she writes from experience. She is the founder of Noonday Collection, the largest fair trade jewelry company in the world. She knows firsthand about going big while being scared which you'll hear about in depth in the show. She's empowered by seeing so many women in some of the hardest conditions in impoverished nations produce great works anyways. And from that, her heart and perspective for others is there's a world of need out there. You're the solution to the problems you see. And she wants you to get off the couch and walk out your front door and just into the possibilities. And as a female founder and co-CEO of a big company, we also got into the topic of women and what they deal with in the workplace and combating that very still real issue of women's places being in the home and such. It was a candid, fun, and just really enlightening talk. So I hope you'll join us. Till then, thank you for letting me walk with you as we inspire our true performance together.